Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the season one finale of The Bama Factor here with Alex Taylor. I am your host, as always, Alex Taylor. And uh, for those of y'all who may not have caught last week's episode, uh, Cody has taken a step away from the podcast. Uh, We're all good still. Um, Wasn't anything uh, in our friendship or anything. Our friendship and brotherhood is as strong as ever. Uh, He was just feeling a calling elsewhere. And uh, he's still going to be a featured guest on the show from time to time, especially for the upcoming season. Uh, but going forward, uh, it will just be me as your host again. So um, just want to do let y'all in on that as we start our final episode of season one. Uh, it's been a good season. Uh, you know, started this after the um, Texas game last year and have really just ran with it ever since. Covered every game of the football season uh, after the Texas game and uh, a couple uh, games here and there for basketball and a lot of the spring. And now we're wrapping up season one. As, uh, after this, uh, I'll take some time off from the podcast until uh, fall camp gets rolling around again. So we're just going to go ahead and jump right into this. Uh, we got a pretty good bit to unpack. Uh, we're going to talk about the little NFL draft recap, and then we're going to talk a, a little preview of the 2023 season and some of the summer storylines that we're going to see so let's jump right into it. So uh, NFL draft recap from last week. Uh, we're closing in on a a week since the since the first round of the draft occurred, and uh, obviously Bryce Young was selected first overall uh, to the Carolina Panthers, um, the first number one overall pick of the Saban era, uh, the second one all time in Alabama history, the first one since 1967, which that was. Joe Namath, and uh, but Bryce Young going to the Panthers. I think they found their franchise quarterback. I think they, I think they really thought about that pick because you know I know it said it was coming down to between him and Stroud and possibly even AR. But I knew they were taking a quarterback, obviously, because their offense definitely needed that position and had to fill that one for sure. And they've added a lot of other pieces with their offense. You know, with Miles Sanders and um, Adam Thielen and uh, uh, DJ Chark, several, several uh, great offensive weapons for Bryce Young. So Bryce Young to the Panthers, first overall, absolutely incredible. And not too far behind him, his teammate, Will Anderson, the first defensive player taken, third overall to the Texans. That is the first time in a draft since 1967 that uh, a team has had the first offense and defensive player taken uh, in the same draft. Um, overall, so congratulations to Alabama for that big milestone as well. And I think Anderson going to the Texans uh, is really going to solidify their defense because that was definitely a need that they had to meet as well, as well as quarterback. And uh, we obviously know they picked C.J. Stroud uh, for the quarterback uh, position. But outside of that, I think Anderson going to the Texans is definitely going to provide a spark. Uh, and we're obviously going to talk about some other guys that the Texans got from Alabama as well. But Anderson going there, uh, I think the I think the leadership, the overall um, work ethic of Anderson that he possessed while he was at Alabama is going to rub off on a lot of the Texans teammates that he's going to have, and I'm anxious to see how he performs there. So um, again, hats off to Bryce Young and Will Anderson for being selected in the top three. Absolutely fantastic. And then rounding out the first round, Jameer Gibbs, a really kind of a surprise pick for a lot of people, headed to Detroit to play for the Lions. Um, and a lot of people question this pick because they already have 
DeAndre Swift, and they had Montgomery as well, but they re-signed Montgomery, and DeAndre Swift actually ended up getting traded to the Eagles. So now the pick with Gibbs is not necessarily looking like a reach anymore. It's really starting to look more like a a pretty good pick. And, you know, Gibbs is not going to be an every-down type of back. I see him being more of like a Kamara, uh, a guy who can definitely catch the ball out of the backfield, the guy who is very elite in open space, a guy who uses his agility and his speed and his quickness uh, to get by people. But I think he's going to be good in this league for a while, and I think people are really going to see um, the talent that he really is for sure. And then also going into the second round, uh, joining uh, Jameer Gibbs, his former teammate Brian Branch on the other side of the ball, I was really surprised that uh, Branch slipped um, to day two uh, really thought he was going to go first overall. I think he was literally the best safety in the draft. Uh, but I think his versatility is what sets him apart from everybody else. I mean, he has the ability to play strong safety, free safety, the star position, the money position, a corner. So he can really play everywhere in a lot of different sets. He can play in a 3-4. He can play in a dime. He can play in the nickel. He can play in a quarter. I mean, he can play in just about any defense that you put out there on the field. So – with Brian Branch, I think you've really got a Swiss Army knife type of player, and I think Detroit really needed to have that because their offense improved last year, uh, but the defense left a little bit to be desired last year. So definitely a good pick for Detroit there and as he joins Gibbs. So two Bama boys headed to Detroit. Very excited for them. And now going over to the offensive side of the ball in round three, uh, Tyler Steen, uh, obviously the transfer from – Vanderbilt last year uh, as a grad transfer to Alabama, started every game at left tackle for the Crimson Tide last year. Uh, Very good contributor for the Tide on the offensive line, very consistent, uh, gets drafted to the Eagles. Uh, The Eagles have uh, been known to have one of the stronger O-lines in the league uh, these past few years, especially on the run uh, to their two Super Bowl appearances and their one Super Bowl win, obviously. Uh, They they already have former Alabama alumni Landon Landon. Uh, Dickerson on the line and obviously you know they have Jason Kelsey and a few other really 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 uh, key guys that are a huge part of that line and a huge integral part of the offense Uh, but Tyler Steen hopefully will get the opportunity to hopefully get some playing time for the Eagles in the preseason hopefully that he comes out of training camp in the preseason and maybe even pushes for a starting position because some of those guys on the O-line are starting to get older and maybe closer to retirement. So big opportunity for Tyler Steen getting to join Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts and Josh Job and Landon Dickerson as well. Also in the third round, a guy who I really thought this was kind of one of the steals of the draft, not the ultimate steal, but I definitely think um, this pick right here was a very, very, very good pick in the fact that uh, he went up to the third round and uh, Byron Young uh, to the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, you know, Byron Young is a guy who, you know, came in 2019, uh, started a few games as a freshman, and just really improved uh, as his career went on and on and on, became a very consistent um, pass rusher, became a very consistent run stopper. And obviously, um, the native of the state of Mississippi uh, had pretty much a homecoming party uh, when we played Ole Miss this past year, he had over 11 tackles, I think six for a loss, and I think he ended up with three sacks. So just really um, 
the cherry on top of the cake for his career there. So I think definitely with with you know Crosby on that side of the ball for the for the Raiders, and you know you got a couple other guys that uh, they're really trying to build around their front. And I think adding Byron Young is is exceptionally good. Uh, I think Byron Young's consistent. I think that's the most important thing that I've seen out of him. So just extremely happy for him <clears throat> as it comes down to him getting to play for the Raiders. So excited to see what he can bring to them. And then also uh, keeping in the third round as well, Jordan Battle uh, headed to Cincy. Uh, I like this pick because you can tell they're trying definitely to <clears> – <throat> excuse me. You can tell that they're trying to rebuild their secondary. Um, they lost a couple guys in the secondary to free agency and some trades, I think. So, I think bringing a guy in like Jordan Battle, I think, gives you the versatility to start him at a free safety or a strong safety. I don't think you can necessarily put him in a corner or a star position. I'm not saying he couldn't play it, but I think his natural position is going to be a safety, but obviously Jordan Battle in uh, his four years at Alabama played a lot. His true freshman season was starting by his sophomore season, so a three-year starter, uh, very consistent, um, very good tackler, plays uh, plays his individual man and ball very well. Doesn't really get caught um, out of position a lot, so I think this is a good pick for Cincy as they kind of try to reestablish the probably the backside of the defense this upcoming season. So really excited to see Jordan this year as well. And then also staying in the third round, Cameron Latu is headed out west to San Francisco. And I think this is a really good pickup because, you know, you've already got George Kittle. And, you know, there is some quarterback uncertainty in San Francisco as of right now. But, you know, you have Christian McCaffrey who was traded to you last season from the Panthers. And so he has really – another dynamic aspect of the game. You have Debo Samuel, who is a running black who is, I'm sorry, a running a, he's a running back slash wide receiver. <clears throat> sorry guys, I've got a little bit of cotton mouth here. Um but you have him and then I think adding Law to a guy who started his career at Alabama as a five star outside linebacker and was transitioned over into a tight end. And in his time at Alabama, you know, his first couple years as a tight end, you know, he was more of a blocker, not really a pass catcher. But the last two seasons really became a consistent pass catcher for Bryce Young. And, you know, has some pretty good speed, has good athleticism. He has good size. Uh, You know, he's 6'6", 250. So I think adding another aspect to this, you know, you have Kittle who's more of a game breaker, but if you have a guy like Cameron Latu who can get you those yards but who is also capable to really be a good red zone tight end, I think this is a good pick for San Francisco. So um, I'm excited to see how he – uh, performs as well. Obviously, Alabama's got some good tight ends in the league currently, O.J. Howard and Irv Smith Jr. as well. So I'm anxious to see uh, how they use him in that offense out there. That's going to be very interesting, to say the least. Now switching back over uh, to the other side of the ball and going back to the Texans in round five with pick 167, we have Henry Toa Toa. And honestly, I was talking to um, a friend of mine, and he couldn't believe that Toa Toa slipped to the fifth round. But the fact that they got a steal getting Toa Toa, um, 
in the fifth round. And the Texans have now added Will Anderson, Henry Toa Toa, and Christian Harris from last year's draft on the defense. So they have three guys that were teammates, played together uh, for uh, two years. So you have the chemistry. And I think Toa Toa can bring that to the Texans along with Christian Harris. You know, Christian Harris was a lower draft pick last year as well. I think he was a third or fourth round pick, but Christian Harris became a starter halfway through the year for the Texans. So I think Toa Toa can kind of do the same. And if he and Christian Harris can line up by each other again, I think that's going to be a really good tandem uh, for the Texans as well as they try to rebuild the, um, their overall team first and foremost, but especially on the, but especially the, the defensive side of the ball. And obviously uh, D'Amico Ryan's taking an inside line, linebacker from Alabama. The irony of that, obviously, him playing that position at Alabama himself from 2002 to 2005. So, again, absolutely incredible um, that Toa Toa uh, slipped that far, but uh, I think it's a steal for the Texans. And then rounding out our actual final draft pick uh, in the seventh round, and again, I think this is a steal in this draft. I think this is a a uh, just a luxury pick almost. And uh, we have Hitman Helms, DeMarco Helms to the Atlanta Falcons. So staying close uh, to the state of Alabama as he goes to the ATL uh, in round seven, pick number 224. And Helms really kind of became a guy, again, you know, he played some his freshman year primarily on special teams. But, you know, by year two, he was really starting to establish himself as the hard hitter um, of all the safeties. And then, you know, these last two years, he's really been consistent as far as, you know, playing zone very well. Now, yeah, he got burned a couple times in the Tennessee game, but outside of that, I think Helms has been pretty consistent. But I think his hitting ability and his physicality is what is going to um, give him the opportunities that he's going to be presented in the NFL. So I'm very happy to see that. I think Atlanta tried to go for a guy like that, and I think the fact that they got him in the seventh round was – Absolutely huge. Um, so outside of that, Alabama did have five other guys who were signed as undrafted free agents as well. Uh, the first one, Eli Ricks. Uh, a lot of people who thought he was going to go first round, potentially second round as a corner, um, signed as an undrafted free agent to the Philadelphia Eagles, joining Josh Job on that side of the ball as well. I don't really understand why he went to the NFL. I felt like uh, he he – really needed to come back for one more year because, you know, being hurt from the Texas game until, you know, practically the Mississippi State game. I mean, you know, you're looking at a guy who really didn't get a ton of playing time last year up until then, but when he did play, he played well, but I think he needed a full season to be healthy and establish himself. But still, we wish him all the luck in the world. Uh, I know he's going to be great, and hopefully um, he can be fully healthy and he can work his way into the rotation there. And now, obviously, headed to the AFC uh, championship contenders each year, year in and year out, especially these past couple years. Um, defensive lineman DJ uh, Dale is headed to is headed to play with Josh Allen and the Bills up in Buffalo. Um, I like this signing. Uh, I think DJ, you know, a native um, out of Birmingham. Uh, I think he's. I think he's aggressive uh, on his strikes. I think he's got um, good hand placement. I think he's got good shedding ability. And I think he'll definitely add some competition on their defensive line rotation 
uh, for sure. Don't really know a ton about the Bills' um, defensive line room uh, currently, but uh, obviously um, I think it's a great pick. I think Dale, you know, he really uh, had a lot of playing time as well as a true freshman, uh, and then all the way really um, after he got healthy again after his sophomore years, junior and senior year, I felt he really had um, some really good uh, seasons there as well, contributing for the Crimson Tide. Now going um, to Indianapolis, uh, Emil Ekior Jr., offensive lineman, um, headed back to play for his hometown Colts. Uh, he's from Indy, so I thought this was uh, kind of a full circle moment for him. And I think Ekior Jr., you know, he's really established himself the last three years as a starter on the line, uh, was a starter on the line for the 2020 championship team. Uh, and a starter, obviously, in 21 and 22. Very consistent, um, really good run blocker. I think he's going to be a guy that can work his way up potentially and really surprise some people. And, you know, as a Colts fan, uh, I like this pick. I think it's good to add to the line. I think the offensive line is kind of what we're lacking on right now. So uh, I think adding an experienced offensive lineman, especially from Alabama, uh, is going to be good. So really anxious to see what he does there. Sticking with the offensive line, maybe not talked about as much, but Kendall Randolph going to join the 12th man up in Seattle with the Seahawks. Um, he was signed as undrafted free agent to them. Uh, Kendall Randolph uh, was one of the super seniors on the team last year, one of the two super seniors on the team who was actually in their sixth year of eligibility due to COVID and red shirts. Uh, Kendall played part tight end and part – Offensive lineman uh, never really broke into the lineup fully, but we definitely saw packages with him, and I think he's definitely a very versatile guy who could potentially be a tight end. He may drop weight. I mean, he's got good size on him, but he could keep the current weight he's at and stick with offensive lineman, or he could drop it and he could shift to a tight end. So overall, I think um, he's going to have some opportunities presented to him in the Pete Carroll offense, so excited for him as well. And the last free agent signing that we had um, headed back to Cincy to join Jordan Battle is line is inside linebacker Jalen Moody. Uh, Jalen Moody also one of the um, the other super senior from last year's team. Uh, I definitely um, I like this pick. I think Jalen uh, is a very physical player. Uh, how he attacks the gaps. How he attacks. Anybody who's carrying the football, um, he definitely kind of made a name for himself early on on special teams. And I think he's a guy who's a little under underrated as a tackler, but I think he's aggressive. I think he's got good physicality, and I think he's got good instincts. I think he's got a high IQ. Obviously, he was in college, or he played college for six years, so he definitely knows the ins and outs of the game. So I'll be interested to see how he does in OTAs and uh, training camps. And I'm going to be really excited to see uh, what's in store for him as well. So that covers the NFL draft recap. Um, Alabama, again, uh, 10 players drafted overall. And then outside of that, they had five more signed. So 15 players overall headed to the NFL. So another good draft uh, for Saban. And uh, we're just so proud of these guys. Uh, They were good representatives of the university. And we know that they'll carry – uh, that script day with them wherever they go. So roll tied to all of those guys and uh, can't wait to see these guys rep their NFL colors uh, this upcoming season. 
So now we're going to jump into our final segment, and we're going to preview the 2023 season a bit, and we're going to give you some summer storylines, or at least what I think is going to be some of the storylines for the summer as of right now. And uh, first and foremost, we're going to go ahead and get this one out of the way. Who is QB1? Uh, obviously, since our last podcast, obviously there's been a lot of development about the QB situation at Alabama. Um, Saban's come under some scrutiny. Uh, a lot of people have said, you know, I trust Saban. A lot of people are questioning him. The media is going rampant with the whole storyline of bringing in Tyler Buckner uh, from the Irish. Um, and a lot of people are saying that, you know, Ty Simpson could transfer, that Jalen could transfer. But I think you really have to look at that all five of these guys are going to get a chance. And, you know, Saban has won with a first-year inexperienced starting quarterback. He's won titles with quarterbacks like that. Greg McElroy in 09, A.J. in 2011, Jake Coker in 15, Jalen Hurts got them there in 16 and 17. He won the title with Tua coming in in the second half in 17. And, you know, I know Mac Jones started three games the previous year before 2020, um, but in 2020, Mac Jones certainly was a first-year starter. So, and I mean, Bryce Young also got to the national championship game his first year as a starter. So, Saban, it's proven that he's won championships and gotten to the championship with first-year starting quarterbacks who didn't have a lot of experience. I mean, Bryce Young, you know, had a total of, I believe, 20 passes attempted, you know, going into his first year as a starter from the previous year. So, you know, you're looking at guys, you know, who haven't had a ton of experience. So this is what the Alabama QB situation is. But, you know, I've really gone back and forth on what I on what I think is going to happen in that. And I posted today on the page, and I said Ty Simpson is going to be the starter. I've had some things come to light, and I don't know now. It, it's really a toss-up for me, and fall camp is going to tell us a lot like, I think fall camp is going to tell us a lot, and hopefully somebody separates themselves in fall camp. And I'll probably do a kind of a updated projected starting lineup based off of fall camp. And quarterback may be the only position that changes because I think all my other positions are kind of solidified as of right now. But I think all, all five guys have an equal shot. Um, Dylan Lonergan is kind of the – kind of the under-the-radar guy to watch in this. I felt like he had the most consistent A-day of guys, even though that he didn't necessarily throw as much as Jalen and Ty did. But I think as far as the intangibles and from what I'm seeing early development of Lonergan, I think he's got the potential to really be a good quarterback. And I think um, I think some people need to um, kind of put him uh, – in consideration for maybe even this year's job. If not this year, definitely next year's. Uh, so we're going to see who that's going to be. Obviously, Jalen Milrow brings a good skill set using his feet. Uh, we know that. If he can get his accuracy down pat, I think he could be the man for the job. Uh, I want the best guy to be out there, and I know that he is. Uh, and we'll see what Tyler Buckner can do. Um, so I'm anxious to see how it plays out. I have confidence in all of them, and I'm excited about it. Next... I love this position, our tailbacks. The running backs, the rotation is going to be insane, and I'm going to put something up on the page Friday uh, on on uh, the 5th of May. Um, 
about how I think the rotation is going to go, and I'm going to say it right here as well. I think Jace is your starter. I think Jace, you know, being that senior leader, is capable of carrying um, the load in terms of carries for the offense. But I think Haynes is going to be a good complement to him at running back two. And I posted that on my projected starting lineups today that he's RB2. And everybody's saying, well, what about Roy Dan Williams? What about Jamarian Miller? Well, I'm getting to those guys. I think Jamarian Miller is going to be third, but he's still going to be that guy who you're going to see rotate in pretty often as well, kind of uh, flanking Haynes and Jace. And I think Rodell's going to be more of a utility guy like he was last year that kind of provides the flash that you need a hard runner and a guy who can really catch well out of the backfield. I think he's going to be that guy. And definitely Richard Young, I think him coming in, he's going to provide just a lot of like a lot of the depth because after this year, Jace and Roydell will be off to the NFL. Uh, they will be graduating. So I think the running back room is going to be one that is just so strong. That's going to be the strength of this team. I think Tommy Reese is going to get back to the traditional Alabama of running the football again. So I'm excited to see this. And sticking with the offense, wide receiver one, who's going to emerge? Um, I think definitely uh, the JUCO transfer in Benson. Uh, you need to watch him. Uh, he, he had a good 8 day game, especially towards the end. Uh, he's been turning a lot of heads. He turned a lot of heads at Pro Day when he caught for Bryce Young. So uh, I'm excited to see him. I think Isaiah, I think um, Isaiah Bond is going to be a guy who's improved this season who could be like a Jalen Waddle type of guy who you can see in that slot position, possibly even in the wide position as well. I think he can really play any one of them. But with the speed that he has, yeah, he's only 5'10", but, I mean, you're looking at a kid who – is speedy and who's got good hands and who can just really get open and run routes very crisp. I think Kendrick Law is a guy who a lot of people are sleeping on, a guy who's very physical, a guy who um, is a freak of an athlete. And I think that you need to put him on your radar if you don't have him. I think he's going to be a guy who's going to surprise a lot of people this year. And uh, then you have Emmanuel Henderson, who in the 8 a game, you know, caught a 36-yard touchdown pass. And, you know, you're talking about a guy who was also a freak athlete in high school and obviously bringing that freak athleticism to the Crimson Tide, sitting behind uh, a few guys last year. But, you know, um, I think really working his way up now. And, and I think you could see him using a variety of ways this season. And, and I'm excited to see how they use him. So now switching to the other side of the ball, I'm excited about – I'm so excited about the defense this year. From what I saw from A-Day, from what Kevin Steele has already instilled in these guys, I think it's going to be back to the old, hateful style that the Crimson Tide used to play on that side of the ball. I mean, the days of the high towers and the upshaws and – Tim Williams, Ryan Anderson, Reuben Foster, Rashawn Evans, Reggie Ragland, Drake Kirkpatrick. I mean, you're talking about guys who set the standard for how defense was supposed to be played in a physical, brutal, hateful way. And Saban talked about having hateful competitors on that side of the ball. And I think definitely in A-Day you saw all 11 guys just flying to the ball. Uh, I think really all three positions from our front to um, – the outside and inside um, guys at the linebacker position all the way to the secondary. I think we've got a strong group overall, but I think the secondary is really going to be our strength because, you know, you got Kool-Aid back there. you got Terry on Arnold. You have Earl Little Jr. who had a great spring and a great 8 day game. You have um, 
a seasoned veteran in Malachi Moore coming back. You have a absolute freshman stud in Caleb Downs coming in. And you just got a lot of and, – and I'm going to talk about this in just a second, but you got some potential transfers coming in on that side of the ball too with experience. So I'm just saying, like, I think the second – I think the secondary is going to be vastly improved from last year. I don't think you're going to see a lot of communication errors. But Kevin still with the whole physicality standpoint and bringing back the it factor that our defense has got to have and the physicality and the hatefulness that we've got to have again. Uh, I'm excited to see him, and I think they're going to be good. I think the front is going to be really good with Otis and uh, a Borgby. Um, he's finally up to 100% again uh, coming off of an injury. You have Tim Smith, who is a senior. Uh, you have James Smith, uh, who is a five-star signee from the 2023 class. Uh, as terms of outside linebackers and inside, you know, you got Tresman Marshall, who transferred from Georgia. You have Justin Jefferson, a JUCO transfer, who I think is going to be really, really, really good. You have uh, a junior in uh, Deontay Lawson, who is going to be a very consistent guy. Uh, you have Kendrick Blackshear at that position. But then on the outside, you have Dallas Turner returning. You have Chris Braswell for his senior year. You have Keon Keeley and Johanze Pierre, two five-star edge guys coming in as well. So I think just in that room entirely, you got a lot of guys. And then Canoe Coyd and Quindarius Robinson also had a great A-Day game as well. So I'm excited to see these guys. And I'm just really, really, really excited uh, to see how Kevin Steele is going to use it this year. And I think you're going to see a very improved – um, unit as a whole this year as well. And uh, now speaking on the transfers, uh, will we have more transfers uh, out of the program? It depends. I think you could see a quarterback potentially. You may see a couple guys here and there that are some reserves potentially <clears throat> um, maybe later in the fall. But as of right now, I don't think we'll see any. So I think uh, everybody's set for right now. But transfers in, we have heard out of Jalen Key, uh, a defensive back out of UAB uh, entering the transfer portal considering Alabama. So uh, he'll be a grad transfer. Um, he could add a lot of experience, a lot of depth, could come in and compete as well. Um, and then Trey uh, Amos uh, from Louisiana Lafayette as well, also a grad transfer. And uh, he has been officially offered by the Crimson Tide. So also just another senior veteran type of presence who's played ball at a high level for sure. And uh, I'll be anxious to see if we get those two guys. If we do, it just adds more uh, depth in the secondary for sure. Um, that Saban talked about adding uh, experience-wise, so I think that's good. And then on the final side, freshmen who can potentially make a huge impact. Uh, obviously, Caleb Downs uh, at safety, like I said, I think he's going to be starting. He was already He was already running with the – First team, all of spring, all of the 8A game. Uh, so Caleb Downs is going to be a really special talent, I think. Caden uh, Proctor, I think, is going to uh, really – he ran with the twos in the 8A game, but uh, he also worked in with the first team offensive line as well, and I think he's going to be a guy that starts uh, on the line as well. I think uh, he's got just – I mean, first of all, he's a freak of a human being. Um, he's strong. He's big. Um just the way that he's able to move guys off of the line, I think uh, his physicality is going to win him a job on that line. Uh, Johanse Pierre, who isn't on campus yet, but will be at the end of May, five-star edge rusher out of Eufaula High School. Uh, a guy who's just got an extra gear, kind of reminds me a lot of Tim Williams and a little bit of actually Anderson. Um, and 
I just think, you know, he's going to be a guy who can compete as well and get time in the rotation as well and learn from guys like Turner and Braswell and Robinson and Coit. And then uh, I definitely think Justice Haynes uh, on the other side of the ball uh, at tailback, I think he's going to be a guy who you can uh, rely on, who's going to get a lot of carries, more carries than people think. And I think he's going to be an absolute elite player, and he's going to turn into a guy who could be a consistent starter for the Tide uh, in the years to come and potentially maybe even push for the starting job this year. So I wouldn't necessarily just automatically give it to Jace. I think Jace is going to have to work to keep it. Uh, but I'll be interested to see what Haynes does. I also think wide receiver Jalen Hale uh, is going to be a guy who you need to watch out for, you know, a five-star out of Texas. Uh, Jalen Hale kind of reminds me um, of how he runs – his routes and the way he's able to catch, he really kind of reminds me of Devontae Smith a bit, but he also reminds me of Jerry Judy, how he runs his routes and how elusive he is. So I'm actually anxious to see how he plays out. And also Jaron Hamilton, who they nicknamed Turbo um, in high school, I'm anxious to see him in the receiver room as well. And uh, the final guy that I'm really anxious to see um, – well, I can add a few more, you know, Quay Rousaw as well, outside edge guy as well, five-star out of Carver. I think you could see him in the rotation as well, and he's going to be good for years to come. I think um, Keon Keeley as well, the, the top edge rusher in the class, uh, guy who's just bringing tremendous size and tremendous uh, athleticism to the position, who could compete for time in the rotation this year, maybe compete for a starting job as well. And I think James Smith on the line on that side, just an absolute freak of nature. Again, a guy who already looks like he's ready to play in the SEC. And him and Jaheim Otis and Tim Smith and a boy B could pose to be one of the to be one of the top fronts in all of college football this year. Uh, so I definitely think we have a lot of freshmen who can make some impacts, and I'm excited about this class. I think uh, they're hungry and they're ready to get after it, and I'm excited to see it. So. Um, I definitely think the storylines are going to be who the quarterback is going to be, um, what the offensive system is going to be, like how the scheme is going to be set up. I definitely think that people are going to be thinking about, you know, uh, definitely like is this is this like a, a make-or-break season for the program of Alabama. And, and um, you know, people are going to say that all summer, but, you know, I hope we just take it one day at a time. I hope that we just continue to progress, our guys continue to keep – focus on what that main goal is and it is capturing a championship we got to take it one game at a time we know the sec is going to be good this year lsu is going to be good georgia is going to be good um auburn has the potential to be good uh tennessee is going to be good you know south carolina has the potential to be good and you know we have arkansas that's returning kj jefferson and um rocket sanders and a few other guys you know you got mississippi state that's returning will rogers you have Ole Miss that had a great transfer portal hit, but they um, they actually went into the transfer portal and got a lot. Uh, they'll have a good QB room, a good tailback again. Uh, in uh, Judkins uh, did lose some key guys in the wide receiver aspect, but you know we're going to see what happens. I mean, I think this is going to be a wide open season. It's not going to be easy, uh, but I definitely think Alabama has the roster uh, to weather the storm. Uh, so I'm just so excited for this season. Um, but as we round out this final podcast of season one, um, you guys have been here uh, for all almost uh, 30 episodes. We almost reached 30 episodes our first year. I think this may be 29 or 30, 
don't quote me on that, but I think we're close. Um, so just this first season of the podcast, I never imagined last year when I started that it would have been in the top 20% globally. Um, so thank you guys for just uh, tuning in each week uh, for sharing the podcast, for um, coming back and hearing each week, you know, Cody and I talk about it. Um, and, you know, going forward, it will be just me uh, going into this next season. Um, it will be just me, but I will have Cody on as a guest from time to time as well. And uh, I plan to have other guests on as well. And uh, I've had some people uh, send me a message um, on Instagram asking, uh, you know, they heard about the co-host um, opening and they were asking uh, if I'm adding a co-host um, to the show to fill Cody's place or if they could potentially um, become my my next co-host. And I, I'm just going to set the record straight on here. I'm not adding a co-host. Um, and uh, it's for a couple different reasons um but as of right now you know i think it just needs to be me now and 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 uh you know i enjoy it i enjoy getting to uh talk to you guys about it uh it's definitely odd not talking to somebody you know when cody and i have talked the whole um the whole season uh to each other about it and having somebody to really kind of feed off of but um definitely gonna be looking forward to having people on as a guest on the show uh, and, you know, season two, uh, I'm going to be looking for ways to improve the show, more content to bring you guys, uh, try to shorten some of these times down for y'all as well. But again, guys, just thank you so much. We have over, I think, 1,000 to 1,500 uh, listeners um, on the average side of it. And um, so um, so I just got to th thank you guys from the bottom of my heart on that side. Um because I really couldn't imagine that uh, this podcast would have exploded like it did. But on the other side of that, um, in season two, it'll just be more coverage of uh, fall camp. It'll be coverage of the QB situation. It'll be coverage of practice updates to start out with. And then sure enough, once the season starts up again, um, it will be um, each week uh, as we had this previous season. Um It'll just be the coverage of the games, previewing the upcoming games each week and uh, going over some of the uh, stats and hitting the high points and uh, previewing the previewing the week's game after that as well. Um, we'll be talking a lot more definitely about um, SEC media days, um, any news that we hear on uh, throughout the summer as well. So just stay in tune with the page. There's a lot coming up for the page this summer. Definitely going to be trying to keep – content out during the off season as well that's one of the hardest seasons to kind of put content out because there isn't a lot going on so uh any ideas that y'all have personally you know send them to me on instagram i'm open to hear any ideas uh to put out content that you guys will like uh for sure but thank you guys for making uh season one uh so special this uh season uh, again i can't thank you guys enough for just just the uh support that you've shown the page, the support that you've shown the uh, podcast, and uh, I've enjoyed bringing it to you each week that I can. But this is Alex Taylor signing off uh, for season one of the, um, and we will see you in the fall of 2023. God bless and roll tide.